If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC. Escuchas ese rugido Sientes la experiencia de poder La emoción de la libertad Ya estás preparado Para vivir tu nueva aventura Nueva Ram 1500 Hecha para vivir Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC Hello there, it's the start of a new week. You're watching The Pulse on the Join News Channel. This afternoon, Security Council meeting is underway in Boku following fresh attacks in the town, prompting fears that the long-standing violence may be resuming. We'll get you some updates uh, shortly and take you live to the area and get some updates on the situation. Also coming up this afternoon, the Great Accra Regional Minister is upset about the poor performance uh, put out by Metropolitan and Municipal Chief Executives in the Greater Accra region. And uh, we are also in the northeast region where floods have devastated many communities. We understand uh, some buildings have collapsed, killing some persons and leaving others injured. And it's always a pleasure to be with you here on The Pulse. The Pulse is always brought to you by Global Communities, Digni, Lou, Affordable, Safe Sanitation. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, YouTube, and at myjoyonline.com. We'll be back with details shortly. Please stay.
And it's good to have you with us. Uh, it's been a very long-running battle, and this afternoon, uh, the fighting in Boko has resumed with uh, many either fleeing the town or keeping indoors amid the hostilities. Uh, many have died, others have also been injured, and many more have been displaced over the many years of conflict that uh, happened in the community. In the latest incident, uh, we understand that one person is said to have been attacked and killed by a known assailant in Boku with two others sustaining injuries. According to the municipal chief executive for the area, the incident which happened at a fuel station also resulted in the injury of two women. It's unclear if uh, today's incident is linked to any of the long-standing conflicts within the area, but the nature of the violence uh, there actually leaves many more questions uh, than answered. So let's uh, take you live to the area now. Albert Sorry is our correspondent in the Upper East uh, region, joining us via phone now for the le- very latest that we uh, have coming through from the Bogatanga area. Um, Albert, uh, give us some updates on what exactly is happening in the area. How are experts stemming this? Okay, so a while ago, uh, we've, we've had phone calls that uh, gunshots were heard again uh, in the last one hour or so. It appears that um, for some reason, the fighting um, is resuming. We cannot tell what exactly is fueling these shootings all over again. But since Saturday uh, to now, there have been a lot of shooting, sometimes even in broad daylight, as, as I just said. And so um, it's, it's raising a lot of concern for many people who live in Boko and even stakeholders who are watching all of this. They feel that uh, something you know, is really going wrong as far as Boko is concerned and the security needs to be you know, um, up and, and very serious once again. Otherwise, this could just degenerate into something more serious than we have seen before. Um, do you have the security already present in the area trying to forestall any uh, I mean, further attacks? Yes, so we've had a lot of police and uh, military deployment to Boko um, this year. And so we know that you know, security have been stationed in, in this area for a very long time now. What most people don't understand is how come things continue to happen. If you recall, there was a, a reset visit to Boko uh, sometime this year. I think this was in May, uh, when there were shootings the, the month before. And even when the reset was in Boko, gunshots were heard. So for many people, it's a bit surprising that you continue to have security stationed in the area, and sometimes sporadic gunshots are heard in the air. Sometimes people are even shot, like the recent incident on Saturday. That shooting is said to have occurred around 4 p.m. Uh, in, in, in broad daylight. Fortunately, these people have been arrested, but this is what continues to happen. So, yes, security is in Boko. What people don't understand is how come all these shootings continue to happen. Mm. And, and you've also been interacting with residents. How, how are they feeling now, uh, looking at all of the reports that they're receiving from that? For many of the residents, you, you get a sense that they are very angry about what is going on because um, this is not something that is happening for the first time. And they keep wondering why you know, the security are not able to clamp down on these perpetrators of the shootings once and for all. 
And so for many of them, these people who have been arrested, the five who were arrested for the recent shooting, they are hoping that the law will really take this course and so they can be made an example if, if they have, you know, all those they, they have arrested them, uh, you have to go through the legal processes and all of that. So we are presuming that they are innocent until proven guilty. But many people feel that they should be used as the example to send a strong signal to other people who are perpetrating the shootings in Boko so that uh, lasting peace will return to the area. Mm. Uh, that's... Um... Of course, uh, the very latest that we are receiving uh, from the uh, Bulga areas regarding what we are uh, knowing about the latest uh, Boku violence. Uh, we'll definitely be getting back uh, for some updates, but I want to bring in Adip Sani, who is a security analyst, uh, joining us here on The Pulse uh, this afternoon. Thank you, sir, for spending some time with us. Um, it's quite um, worrying knowing that uh, the attempts to bring lasting peace to the area has not yielded any um, positive results. What else can security agencies and authorities do now just to restore calm? Well, th thank you for the opportunity. In your preamble, you mentioned the fact that the um, violence, um, it appears, is returning. But, but I think um, it is important to establish that the violence has never ended. Um, it's been continuous, uh, just that... Uh, there's, there's not been so much media reportage about it. It almost is like a daily occurrence. Sometimes uh, people are even shot right in front of the police uh, station, almost on daily basis. I have reports of incidents of violence in the area. And the unfortunate twist to all of these is the fact that it is cyclical in nature. You know, I attack you, you attack me. You uh, attack me, I attack you, and it, it, it doesn't stop. Because there were concerns at the beginning that um, those who try to gain access into Boku are ambushed at the outskirts, okay? And so the other side also feels that, okay, you would have to go through our territory also before you even get to the Boku enclave. Yeah. And so we also have the capacity to attack you. And it is all based on information they, they receive. You know, they have people everywhere. So they go to the station and they are able to call to tell their combatants on the ground that, look, we've seen this man we want. You know, he's an enemy. He's, he's boarding this vehicle. And this is the color of the vehicle. This is the make and this is the number plate of the vehicle. And they are able to, you know, stop the vehicle, bring down the person and execute. And uh, it looks like we have given up on Boku. I'll be honest with you. It looks like we've given up on Boku, and um, we, we don't seem to show any concern about what is going on in the area. And back to your question, I think we need to look at it in the short term to medium term to long, to long term. And in the short term, mm. uh, we would have to ensure that the yeah. cycle of violence stops. Okay? Um, the very dawn I drove through... Um, Wale Wale, some few weeks ago, um, that was the very dawn a bus was bent. And, you know, there were some reported attacks. Mm. So when I was returning to Tamale from Bulga, um, it was somewhat late, and there was an escort. And the unfortunate thing about the escort is the fact that uh, 
the, the, the police sometimes are faster than some other vehicles. So I would propose that we have three vehicles doing the escort, one in front, the other in the middle, depending on the number of vehicles that are being escorted, and one at the back. Mm. The last police vehicle or military vehicle at the back should not overtake any vehicle. Right. You get me? They yeah. should be put together. And we also need to pay attention to what is happening before you enter Boku also. Because mm. I, I, I remember some time ago there were escorts. I don't know whether it is still in place. So we are able to stop the violence. Then we can start considering what the other issues are. And all of it can be brought to mm. a better light when there okay. is conver a conversation on it, when there is dialogue. And I understand the is on it. I see. Um, but, but looking at the very situation that we have now, at least some, some intermittent um, checks by the police will be helpful. Probably a patrol team uh, looking at what's happening in the area. Absolutely. We have patrol teams. But the thing is, um, they say that when um, a, a hunter learns to shoot without uh, missing, the birds would learn to fly without perching. Uh, they, they know the movements of, of the police sometimes. They are able to get information about the location or whereabouts of the police patrol team and are able to convey it to their other you know, members on the ground. So um, in most cases, they are able to stage these attacks you know, without the, 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 the police knowing about it. Or... They are able to execute before the police gets there. And, and I'm talking about the whole area, not exclusive to Bupu right. or Wali Wali. That is why uh, we need technology as well, the use of drone technology. Um, and how many uh, police patrol teams do we have in that area? Mm. A lot of them lack the necessary logistics. They don't have enough vehicles. You go, the vehicles are broken down, and you know they are, they are handicapped. So I think government should pay more attention on, on that area. Like I say, um, Boku presents to us our weakest link so far as countering violent extremism is concerned. You know, we live in a very unstable sub-region, and if care is not taken, right. uh, these bad, bad nuts would gain access through Boku, but unfortunately, you know, truth is uh, we, we seem to have given up on the area. Okay. Uh, we'll leave it here for now and still keep monitoring the situation. We'll definitely get back to you. Adip Sani uh, joining us with his thoughts this afternoon on the polls. Uh, but back here in Accra, the Greater Accra Regional Minister, uh, through, through the Regional Coordinating Council, well, they've uh, recorded the highest, uh, they're actually the highest decision-making uh, body. Uh, they've held their first meeting for 2023 to discuss issues of development in the region. The regional minister uh, who heads the council was um, to deliver a speech to the heads of some 29 military, uh, that's a metropolitan municipality uh, and district uh, assembly um, CEOs. Uh, just then, he got upset, so upset that he actually put aside his prepared speech and descended right down onto the municipal chief executives uh, for what he describes as their poor performance. Have you been hard working? Yes. With Abubu, you are still on the motorway. <coughs> Can we say he's hard working? Well, let's answer the questions. Is it hard working? Mm. Chocho is still loading around 
She has been turned into a refuse dump. Is it hard working? Are you aware? The place we cleared, the people are still dumping refuse there. They have stopped. Since when? I can't hear you. Last month. Do you know the dates we did this exercise at Agogloshi? Two years. And it took you last month to stop them from dumping refuse. I'm not too excited about coming to read hard work. <laughs> yeah. Lejokuku Ladadikutupon Ashaman Tema West we talked about Abubuya on the motorway. They are still playing the motorway. They are I I also was spoken. The actual uh, crown mall is like that. In fact, Lada just in front of ex President Mama's house, somebody has started selling onions and tomatoes. Unbelievable. They are fighting over who collects revenue at Contractor continues to work. The median has become a place for organizer, torture, mechanics. Every day I talk about it. MCE is not feeling well every day. So, how do I read this speech? Well, uh, so that's the Livid uh, Regional Minister there. My colleague Jan, uh, Jacqueline and Soma Yeboa is here with us. Uh, she was at the uh, event. Uh, we know that the minister, um, of course, was not happy about what transpired. But which event is this and why? W- what prompted this reaction? All right. So basically, it was a meeting with the various MCs in Accra um, to discuss um, the works that they've done so far in their various uh, municipalities and districts. Yeah. Uh, do we know... Um, how many MCs, for instance, uh, or DCs, I mean, in all the local assemblies that were represented in this meeting for which the minister wasn't happy? Okay, so personally, the minister didn't go into details as to the number of MCs that were present, um, but before he um, expressed his dissatisfaction, he talked about the fact that the report that he had earlier on was not a true reflection of what was given to him. So that was what prompted um, what you heard earlier, that he wouldn't read that speech because whatever thing that was given to him wasn't the true reflection of what was on the grounds. How about uh, those you've been speaking to after this uh, reaction? Do, do we know what the MCs think about his assessment of how the region is doing? Yeah, so I spoke to the dean, um, George Cyril Blay. Um, he is the, um, the dean of the MCs, and I asked him about, about his take on what he thought about what the minister said. So let's take a listen to that right now. 
To a large extent, I would say he's justified by uh, being dissatisfied with uh, some of the things we are doing because um, earlier on, that is when the whole project on Operation Clean Your Front is started, uh, there was a lot of zeal, there was a lot of enthusiasm, but it looks like the zeal and enthusiasm has come down some way, somehow. So I think it is in that direction that he's not too happy with the way the assemblies are undertaking the Operation Clean Your Frontage project. Personally, what do you think is the way forward for this whole situation? Well, I think um, we need the citizenry to help. Because it's, it's, not, it's not the best for assemblies to be chasing us every now and then to do what we all know is the right way to go. Because um, if you need the city response team to always come to your doorsteps to tell you clean your frontage, I, I think we are not doing the assembly a lot of good because we have a lot of things to do as an assembly. Whatever decision central government takes, it's the assemblies that implements it. You get it? So we have a lot on our table and we need the citizenry to help but that notwithstanding uh, i think uh, like the minister said we have relaxed somewhere somehow which is uh, you agree to that oh, 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 we, we, uh, it's a fair comment and we are going to we are going to come to the party okay so um what what other issues came up um at this meeting okay so um the minister talked about the fact that they have relaxed on the operation clean your frontage um, just as you heard george talk about it and also they talked about unlawful parking of churches in the various assemblies and also heaps of rubbish around the graphic area and other suburbs um, but one key thing he talked about was the fact that um, from henceforth they are issuing a statement where um, all festivals in accra will be devoid of um, party paraphernalia so he also said that so let's take a listen to that one too celebration of festivals is mainly to portray our traditional and cultural values and to display how rich they are in our respective regions and so we think that the the use of party paraphernalia usually creates a lot of political tensions within the i can speak for greater Accra, and taking cognizance of what is done in other regions. You hardly find party paraphernalia when um, festivals are being celebrated. So together today, the... Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes... Only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio.
If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. The MMDC's president and presiding members have taken a decision, and that is to say that going forward, all festivals in Greater Accra will be celebrated. In fact, the party paraphernalias are banned from all festivals in Greater Accra. Strictly banned. Okay, beyond this, uh, there's a talk about uh, transportation within the Greater Accra region, and particularly regarding tricycles. Yeah. Right. That, that, that's also a concern. Yeah. So he talked about that and he expressed concerns talking about the fact that um, they are not supposed to be on the highway. So um, he made mention that this um, initiative started about two years ago. And this is not the very first time. And they are putting measures in place to make sure that they are all registered and that they wouldn't be using the main motorway. So let's also take a listen to that. Motorway, I'm over here on the motorway. They are coming back. Thankfully, Ashaman transfer site is ready. Madina transfer site is ready. It will rest registered over 500 Abogoyas. That's solid. Ashaman, how many have you registered? About 420. So that's good news. So let's begin to link up. It means that you, you are joining constituencies should work with you, assembly should work with you. Is it going to be a Denta? And enter in Ashama. So if you can also register some 400 or so 500, so they don't ply the motorway. Because the argument will be that they don't have anywhere to go. So Abobuyas using the motorway to dump refuse can use the back routes and then uh, dump at uh, the transfer site at Ashama. Abokobi and um, Medina. And then who else? Ayahuasca West. So the three of you will pair. It means you have to get your team to start registering a Boboya, and then we can free them of the insurance. That restriction will have to be revisited, like yesterday, on the motorway and all that. Okay, uh, my colleague uh, Jacqueline Ansumayewa, uh, they're joining us uh, with the latest on what uh, actually happened uh, here in the uh, Greater Accra region when uh, the minister met all the uh, district chief executives uh, in, in, in the capital. So uh, what's the marching orders from the regional minister now and what will be the way forward? Okay, so with regards to the tricycles in Accra, um, he is issuing orders for um, all of them to be registered and also with regards to the paraphernalia, um, all festivals in Accra is um, devoid of that. So mainly these are the main issues that was um, discussed today and other issues with regards to infrastructure development in the various assemblies and districts um, were key topics today. I see. Uh, Jacqueline, thank you uh, for giving us uh, the latest.
Uh, you're with us here on the Pulse on the Journey Channel. We'll be back after this break. Smile, hmm? Look lively, okay? Smile, smile! Is the money too small? A bad stomach ruins your day. Don't let it. Take Gastron, your most effective antacid, for the relief of symptoms of peptic ulcer, heartburn, gas pain, flatulence, and indigestion. Hey guys, what are you waiting for? Let's go, let's go. Mwah. Can you bring down the smiles more? <laughs> Gastron, effective relief from stomach discomfort. Manufactured and distributed by NS Chemist Limited. This advertisement has been written and approved by the FDA. Daddy? Daddy, this tank is big! Yes, that's true. It can store a lot of water. That's so true. Wow, it has a working tortoise on it. Mm-hmm, that's so true. I can see S-I-N-T-E-X syntax. That is so true, my daughter. But it falls down into spoilers. That's not true. But why? Why? Syntex <laughs> was the first to introduce double layer tanks in Ghana. Syntex again was the first to introduce white inner layers in Ghana. Syntex gives you the biggest warranty seven years. No matter your water needs, Syntex is the answer. Syntex tank. Are you strong? Are you tough? In a world where determination meets innovation, a new wave of students is rising to conquer challenges and shape their destinies. But I'm telling everybody that agriculture is a next gold mine. And me, for instance, the big men in Ghana are all doing agriculture, but you are not seeing it. These extraordinary individuals are breaking barriers and blazing trails by embracing agriculture as a means to fund their education, accommodation and meals. They are not just students, they are pioneers cultivating their dreams while cultivating the land. I want to do farming as my profession. That is what I want to do even though I'm schooling but the idea is not to go and sit in the office and put on tie or work in the government sector for monthly salary. At the University of Cape Coast, academic excellence meets hands-on experience. They don't even have to market it because there's ready market. Those who came in, we give them smaller plots. Now they've asked for 
exp uh, a lot of plots and then they are expanded. Some are making as much as 4,000 Ghana cities a month. It's a close and so I was getting down for the stairs. So I used two of my hands, I separate them. And so when I was getting down, the hand I used to protect myself actually fall and get injured. Some kids there, they laugh at me and say that I can't walk. Some some call me a dog. I don't know how to say it, but my this school is good than than the others, my schools. They treat me like their own. I want to be one of the greatest artists in the world. And I want to be a car designer. I want to go to school and learn to learn. I want to see, I want to be a better person in future. forests as a pair of lungs or kidneys cleaning our air and water, regulating rainfall, sunshine, and serving as a buffer against natural disasters. Those kidneys and lungs are currently being attacked and perforated at a faster rate by illegal mining. The forest is a no-go. It is an illegal area for anybody to mine. Colonial masters save these resources. How come our fourth republic is the one destroying these resources? 34 of the country's 288 forest reserves have been affected, with an estimated destruction of 4,726 hectares. This is purely criminal. Rastasasaradonko goes deep into major forests under siege. Forests under siege, a Pamprama Forest Reserve. What my mind is how this little child thought that the only solution was suicide and knew how to do it as this is seven year old uh, it's looking like we are getting two or three cases every month sometimes we get up to four or five cases in a month and that is quite serious <laughs> In a world where determination meets innovation, a new wave of students is rising to conquer challenges and shape their destinies. But I'm telling everybody that agriculture is a next gold mine. And me, for instance, the big men in Ghana are all doing agriculture, but you are not seeing it. 
These extraordinary individuals are breaking barriers and blazing trails by embracing agriculture as a means to fund their education, accommodation and meals. They are not just students, they are pioneers cultivating their dreams while cultivating the land. I want to do farming as my profession. That is what I want to do, even though I'm schooling, but the idea is not to go and sit in the office and put on tie or work in the government sector for monthly salary. At the University of Cape Coast, academic excellence meets hands-on experience. They don't even have to market it because there's ready market. Those who came in, we give them smaller plots. Now they've asked for a lot of plots and then they are expanding. Some are making as much as 4,000 Ghana cities a month. And thanks for staying with us here on the polls. Uh, earlier, we just uh, brought you the story of the Greater Accra Regional Minister expressing dissatisfaction at the performance of the um, 29 uh, local assemblies and uh, the various MMDCEs working uh, in his uh, region. Uh, there you have a map detailing all of the areas uh, where the minister believes that a lot more work needs to be done, especially when it comes to the um, metropolis here. Uh, in the greater Accra region. Uh, just a couple of hours ago, the minister wrapped up his engagement with the DCs and the uh, MMDCs, or if I should put it that way, uh, indicating uh, his dissatisfaction with the level of uh, uh, work put in so far, a reason for which he is uh, pledging and calling for uh, a turnaround in this situation. Uh, mind you, the Greater Accra region uh, is of concern to the president, my, uh, mindful of the promise he made to transform the face of the national capital and, by extension, the region. Uh, fortunate to have uh, Henry Quarter, who is the Greater Accra Regional Minister, uh, joining us via Zoom now. Thank you, sir, for spending some time with us. Uh, you're not so pleased with the performance of your um, local assemblies. Sam would say the back stops with you. How, how would you react to that concern? Uh, Honorable Henry Corti, thank you for spending some time with us. I was just um, pointing out and talking about the fact that um, you're not happy about the performance of the local assemblies. But, but the question is, what would you say to anyone who says, uh, you know, the, the final authority lies with you and, and that you would have to take responsibility for that? Well, uh, good afternoon to you and your cherished Well, it's uh, your question. The answer to your question is intertwined. Uh, I lay the foundation. We passed all the bylaws, and it is expected that the MNDC will use uh, the the bylaws, which is at their disposal of the logistics and the technical know-how so that we are to ensure the full implementation 
of these bylaws, which uh, largely will ensure that uh, the project is successful. Uh, so what, what's the expectation from the local assemblies and by extension the MMDCEs now? Is there anything more that you're demanding which, which they are not doing really? Well, uh, uh, first of all, I mean, this is a, a regional coordinating council meeting which is done by the Act. You're supposed to do at least once a year. So in these kind of meetings, we all try to do an introspection and also and appraise us to see how far we have come and look at the challenges that we have faced uh, over the years or months. Or clearly, from where I think that more could have been done and ensuring that uh, we bring the expectations or rather we live up to the expectations of, uh, of our consequence and for that matter, the people who have reported the consequence of us. Uh, and, and looking at the way forward, uh, is there any new set of measures that you're putting up, perhaps an order to the MMDCs to now follow, some, something that you've put on the table for them to consider? Well, um, I don't think there is any new set of orders or whatever, but the thing is that um, if you recall, two years ago, when we started uh, the next uh, we were able to fight class apart for it, quite a number of bylaws. Uh, some already in existence that we needed to revive them. And so currently, all we have to do is to go back and tighten our belt. We have to reinvent the wheel. All the bylaws are there uh, to guide us the performance of our duties as uh, uh, public servants. And speaking of the greater Accra region itself, um, you, you've been doing an assessment ever since, of course, you, your appointment was given out to you. Um, w- where would you say that there, there is a shortfall, the need for which um, not just your outfit, not just the M- MMDCs, but everyone within the region would have to come through uh, and support? Perhaps sanitation is one of the uh, areas that you are very much passionate about. Looking back and down the years, would you say that a lot more needs to be done? Oh, undoubtedly, uh, I have that to throw the question back to you. Clearly, past two years, there's a tremendous uh, in the last movement in uh, sanitation issues. But of course, uh, this is the target that for ourselves. So it is only proper for us to interrogate the matter and also strike ourselves to say, look, let's go out there and improve upon what we have done. I mean... Uh, uh, in the last two years, we have not, and I'm not priding myself, or for that matter, the MMDC, but um, uh, in the last two years, we haven't experienced the almighty June disaster that we had because of the intervention we made at Agribution by relocating the almighty Union Celeste and also uh, the, that safe way for the uh, contractor to be able to dredge uh, the door without any, uh, if you like, challenges. Because he had to, the, the contractors were faced with a lot of resistance anytime they attempt to dredge the door. Uh, they have been able to do so. And so uh, clearly we, we have seen some improvement. And so as a result of that, we have an experience flooding. 
we had some intervention with um, with Zoom, uh, some arrangements, sorry, with Zoom Lion. And uh, that has also yielded some positive results for us. And what we need to do, like I said, is to improve upon it and also areas that are lacking. For instance, like uh, Operation Clean Your Frontage. If you recall, we trained close to about 900 people that we call the city response team. Their duty is to help the environmental health officials to enforce the bylaws in their respective assembly. So it is not too bad, or it is not as bad as it is uh, uh, seen, because really some work has been done. But of course. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com slash audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com slash audio. That's carshield.com slash audio. We have been gotten to the target that I set for myself, or rather the target that I think will be appreciated by society. On transportation, uh, the, the concern about the use of the tricycles um, or the boboya, as, as um, uh, we, we locally call it, what, what considerations are you making on that? Elsewhere in the Ashanti region has become a, a very big issue of concern. Here in the Greater Accra region, do, do you have any policies or plans towards that? Well, if you recall, two years ago, the Regional Coordination Council, backed by the Assembly, issued a directive that, uh, that restricted the movement of Aboboya on the principal streets, or some principal streets in the Greater Accra or in the CBD, rather. Now, to ensure that it was a win-win situation, we charged with management provider to provide transfer sites in some areas so that diverting the Abubuya from the principal streets, they will still be able to work and complement their work with management services by way of going to areas large the, uh, bigger trucks or compassion trucks cannot go to. Now, the good that uh, some of the transfer sites are ready for commissioning. And so, uh, reinforcing the restriction of Aboboya on the motorway has been made today. And so, I'm told by some of the assemblies that they have registered close to about 1,000 users or operators of Aboboya. So, we will be working with the to give them spectral plates and enforcement uh, around the Abubuya to indicate the zones have to work in. And so, uh, we don't belong. Uh, we expect that Abubuya to work within the attachment that has been prescribed for them. On the issue of Kadia, I, I want 
I beg to differ that we are not following what Ashanti region is doing. We started the the campaign to restrict the movement of Aboboya in Accra. And I'm sure that if you check with Kukwamit Pakai in one of the morning shows, I was very categoric or categorical in a statement saying that as for Accra, I will not allow it. But then when I made that statement, people uh, <laughs> passed off from it. And today, the reality is dawning on us. But we want to be proactive want to take preventive measures to ensure that what is being experienced in the Ashanti region will not happen in Greater Accra, or in fact, some selected uh, assemblies in Greater Accra. Kagia is very much useful in some areas in Accra. For instance, the greatest of respect to people in the Dangme areas, some areas, remote areas that need Pragya to put there. But I don't think that it is proper to see Pragya on high streets. I don't think it's proper to see Pradya on, uh, you know, Kanda Highway and all that. So that is what we are trying to do. Some of the assemblies have been selected, and uh, these measures will strictly be enforced. The floodgates for indiscipline, if I should call it that way, in, 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 in the greater Accra region. Are you also concerned? Uh, the, the concern is that these vehicles, I mean, may open the floodgates for indiscipline on our roads and that we need to be cautious giving them the license to operate. Um, are you also concerned about uh, that? Are you looking at it, ways by which you can, you can check and ensure that uh, these vehicles comply with the regulations on safety? Well, that is what I'm saying, that it is better we regulate them than leaving them to operate freely. As it stands, there are quite almost about uh, close between 9 to 12 assemblies. I don't have the paper off the top of my head, but almost 12, 9 to 12 assemblies. There will be strict restrictions of uh, movement of Pragya uh, in those areas. Uh, or you agree with me that a place like Adan, like Sege, like Bukatamansu, you don't want to restrict idea for them. There are certain areas that they can operate in. But of course, not on the principal street. That's what I'm talking about. And with the as as well, they are going to be properly regulated. You know, we discussed all this two years ago, but it took time for the transfer site to be built. That is why it will appear as if we relaxed a bit. Because if you ask them not to operate, where do you expect them to go and dump the refuse? because they complement the work of the waste management services. But now, as I said, a few of the transfer sites are ready. We just have to commission them, and we don't want to commission them and leave them lying idle. But we commission them, and then straight ahead, these Aboboyas will now operate within those areas. So if the assembly, supported by the task force, and then in collaboration with the Ghana Police Service, if Aboboyas are accosted, they cannot turn around and say, where do you expect us to dump the refuse? So this is what we have and I can report on authority that a few of the transfer stations, as I said, are ready. So we just have to start the exercises, and then we make sure we restrict their movement on the motorway. But also, Pragya, like I said, total restriction on the CBD. So we are going to work with the uh, IGP and the assembly, and then those ones who have to move off the street. I'm sorry, but if we don't do that, uh, mark my words, in the next three, four years, it will be difficult for us to maneuver in the CBD in Accra. Are you set to have a meeting with these groups uh, in the coming days? Because we know that um, you're always on the move. Uh, you, we don't know what your next line of action will be. Um, but are you set to engage them on this? 
Oh, yes. I mean, usually, of all the things that I've done in the greater trial region, we have always engaged the users. You know? uh, if you notice, these days, uh, uh, motor riders and Okada riders are, are beginning to observe and uh, respect the traffic regulation. Either two would agree with that when they get to traffic intersection, they just ride through and they get knocked down here and there by cars. But at least there's about 50% or even over 50% uh, 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 adherence to traffic regulation. So we are getting almost not built in the day. So yes, indeed, we are going to invite uh, these operators. Fortunately for us in Accra, they are they aren't that many like uh, in Mashante region. So I believe that talking to them to relocate their business at that area, SAGs and things will work. Places like Home Domiabra, those areas, you can have like that uh, within the, you know, the locality who will not necessarily track on the principal streets. That, that's what I'm talking about. You go to, for instance, the Amasaman, there are some there in Ablikuma, those places. That's just work there. But they cannot be seen in the principal, on the principal street and CBD. I, I don't expect that a track here on Kwame Nkrumah Avenue, around Coco Board, around UTC. What would be the business there? <laughs> uh, Honorable Henry Cote, thank you for spending some time with us here uh, this afternoon on the polls. I'm grateful. And of course, we'll be looking forward um, to that engagement uh, with uh, the operators. Uh, but let me also introduce you this afternoon to the uh, EU-funded uh, landscape and also the environmental agility uh, across the nation. Uh, we, we, of course, it's a project, a uh, four-year project uh, funded by the uh, European Union's uh, flagship uh, Global Climate Change Alliance Plus, uh, which is the GCCA Plus initiative. The uh, project uh, was actually launched uh, on May 11, 2021 at the national level and subsequently launched uh, at the th uh, three targeted landscapes, in including, I believe, the Great Accra region. Well, let's get more from Abna Ode. She's the senior project manager for uh, the EU um, project and also the Rainforest Alliance. So we have uh, Joseph Edwin uh, Yell. Yel Kabong, right, who's um, also the project manager for uh, the, he's with World Vision actually, Ghana. Thank you so much, uh, lady and gentlemen, for joining us. Because this is uh, a bit new to us, uh, just lay the foundation for us to understand what the project really is about. What are you seeking to achieve with this project? Okay, so the Lean Project, the EU Lean Project yeah. is a four-year project funded by the European Union, as mm. you rightly said. Five million project. And we are working with four partners, which includes Rainforest Alliance, where I am. We have World Vision, where my colleague um, Joseph is coming from. And we also have Tropping Boss Ghana and EcoCare as our partners. For the project, we are working in three biodiversity significant areas. And this includes the high forest zone. And this is where Rainforest Alliance is working. And then we have the transition landscape. This is where we have our partners, Tropping Boss Ghana and EcoCare. And then when you go up north in the Savannah landscape, that is the West Gonja municipality and the Kasina Nankena um, West, we also have our partners, World Vision, working in the landscape. Overall, the project is looking at building climate resilience. And we are also looking at improving the livelihood of farmers and also looking at um, biodiversity conservation in all the areas that we are working in. We actually 
launched the project in May, as you rightly said, but the project was actually supposed to begin from um, November 2020. But then once again, that is um, 2020 when COVID was rife, and so this took us a few months back. But nonetheless, I think we have chalked some successes and some outputs that are worth mentioning. Um, key amongst these is the targets that the project is looking at reaching, which is about 36,000 smallholder farmers across the three landscapes that we are working in, um, which is looking at the reforestation efforts of the project, where currently we have raised and distributed about 700,000 seedlings, mainly native species across right. board. We have also established over 70 nurseries in all the communities that we are working in. Let me also mention here that we are working in over 200 communities across board. In the high forest zone alone, which is mainly the western north region, where Reinforest Alliance, we have the thriving landscape. Uh, we have about 107 communities that we are working in four districts alone. And this cuts across if you also be Bini and you also be Kwai. We also work in Bodhi and Akontombra, and that is in the <coughs> high forest zone alone. When you go to the transition where we have EcoCare and Tropimbos working together, we also have about 60 communities that we are working in there. And this is from the Techima North, Techima South, all the way to Nkranza North and Nkranza South. And even some parts of the Ashanti region, which is Offenso North and Offenso South. And then up north, like I mentioned, we have the West um, Gunja and the Kasena Nankana West, where um, Joseph will give more yeah. highlights on uh, that. But, but Joe, the question is, and very often when, when issues around climate change comes up, the question is, why should this be so important to us, by the way? Yeah, so <clears throat> thank you so much. Uh, the issue of climate change uh, is central in current dispensation because if you look at uh, the effect, it's quite, uh, uh, let me say, damaging to a very large extent. Smallholders are no longer getting the yields that they want. Uh, women have to trek long distances to access fuel, wood, and even water for their household usage. And also the issue of even livelihoods are largely affected. So this is a very clear issue that I mean, has to do with uh, uh, livelihood development, and that is why to me or to the project is very central. So if you look at most of our interventions, they are quite, I mean, we have a key output area which looks at building the resilience of communities uh, to climate uh, shocks so that they are able, in the wake of climate change, they are able to reduce the, 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 the hazards of, 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 of the process. So basically, we have a very big component that looks at how we are uh, I mean, supporting them to overcome this uh, issue. Uh, is there any priority that, that, I mean, priority area that you're focused on, for, I mean, for now? Yes. So for now, we are looking at two, three clear areas. One, we are looking at building resilience of smallholder farmers with uh, the best of agricultural interventions or uh, what we call climate smart agriculture to reduce, I mean, the effect of climate change on their yield. So how are we training them to look at alternative ways of improving soil fertility also ensuring that they are able to make the maximum of yield per unit hectare. So all these processes, so we work closely with the Department of Agri to tailor out uh, trainings that will help them in this regard. Then we're also looking at the other aspect, which has to do with uh, restoring the depleted forest cover. If you look at uh, Ghana, the statistics are clear that for the past 10 years or 20 years, we have lost a substantive amount of our forest cover. So how are we ensuring that we are able to restore this and also reduce the over-dependence on some of these resources for, for livelihoods? So clearly we have other interventions in the area of 
raising seedlings, as uh, my colleague mentioned, of uh, indigenous species that communities would plant to improve the forest cover. And also working on what we call, especially in the savanna area, our farmer-managed natural regeneration model, which looks at empowering communities to regenerate their degraded parkland naturally. So you don't need to plant trees. You just need to tender or trim shrubs and take care of them within a very short period. And within the, a very few I mean, period, like in, the, in two, three years' time, that you are able to regenerate the area into a forest. It has been proven over a period that, especially for the savanna, planting seedlings have not helped us to a very large extent. Though it is good, but the survival rate compared to the natural regeneration is not very encouraging. So the FMNR concept has come. We have till, I mean, piloted it in some district. And under the Lean Project, we are doing so well. As we speak, we have established over 42 community FMNR sites. Right. So these are designated areas that the communities are working among themselves, incentivized by just the model to regenerate for, for themselves. That's impressive. But how about the communities? Are you dragging them along as you, you know, implement this project? What's been the uh, level of collaboration amongst uh, the communities that you're working and, and the groups that are working on board with you? So this is actually a very good question because um, on the Lean Project, we have a concept that we are working with. This is the Landscape Management Board, which is basically a local governance structure that the project um, establishes working with the communities. So we bring communities together to form clusters. These clusters are zoned. Representatives from the clusters, it's just like building an apex body of a triangle. And so representatives and leaders, um, members from the traditional council or the traditional leaders in the communities. We even have some private sector companies that are committed to deforestation free sourcing some LBCs as the local buying company in the um, cocoa growing and even the cashew growing areas as well. We have um, like the share pickers where you go up north. We also even have some members from the Department of Agric, like um, Joseph mentioned. We even have fire service who form part of the um, landscape management board, and then together with the communities, discuss, um, agree on bylaws, on the way forward, on the natural resource management um, plan, and even the land use management plans of the communities, so the communities can own the concept. And like uh, my colleague just said, incentivized by the concept alone, we have actually chalked some successes where in some areas, uh, like the high forest zone, the landscape management board has graduated to the Hotspots Management Board. Now, Hotspots Management Board is a designated governance structure that has been established by the Ghana Red Plus um, Secretariat. So we have members from our landscape board who have graduated to that level, and the project is looking at escalating this across the three landscapes that we are working in. In addition to that, we've also had this particular landscape management board also lead in some um, alternate livelihood trainings and options for some members of their community. So by and by, communities have bought into the concept of um, maintaining forests, improving climate resilience, um, stabilizing the environment and, and all the effects of climate change to, right. to ride on the project. Okay. Uh, Joseph, are you working with any timeline? Um, is there any timeline that you're working with to at least achieve all of the objectives that you're, you're, you've put out here? Yes, please. So as my colleague rightly mentioned, uh, I mean, in her introductory remarks, we are, it's a four-year intervention, and we started, uh, that was in May, it was launched on May 11th, uh, 2021, and currently we, the project is supposed to come to a closure by uh, 2024. Uh, next year. Yes, next year, uh, October. 
barring any uh, extension, <laughs> because uh, as you mentioned, which you're looking for, definitely. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Because we lost, I mean, six whole months. I mean, to COVID, no COVID is not even more. No COVID is not one excuse. But I mean, this are did that this a project the quality sure. of the project at, at some point? I mean, losing about six months out. Sure, not the quality per se, but the deliverables because the quality will be on point. By the time you need to roll out a lot of interventions, there's an issue. So we are hoping, but we are on track because we are working as CDOSLA to see how we can still meet the targets, uh, even with, the, with the effect of yeah, COVID. So hopefully by 2024, uh, November, I mean, October, thereabout, we should be drawing the curtains on the project. But if we have an extension, then we can implement whatever that, or just do some more pop. For, the rest for, for now, what feedback are you getting on perhaps how that is um, impacting, I mean, the, the immediate surroundings, the communities within which you operate? Are they giving you good feedback? How, how is that like? Okay. So I'll put, I mean, I'll uh, put the Savannah landscape in perspective where we work uh, closely. So through our uh, initiatives, we are receiving some positive feedback uh, in the sense that through our farmer money natural regeneration efforts, in uh, the folds that have been regenerated for the past two years because they haven't been bent and they have reduced logging in those areas. Some plant species that were missing due to the annual or periodic fire, uh, I mean, uh, fires are beginning to resurface. Now, women in some of our communities used to, I mean, uh, walk several kilometers to have what we call, I mean, some kind of special grass they use in, uh, to set up an oven for their pottery, like what they, 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 uh, pots they mold. Now, just at their backyard, they are able to have that, I mean, those grasses because the place has regenerated and there are a lot of them that they can find. So they no longer tread, I mean, and move several kilometers. What is also, I mean, uh, revealing is that the issue of uh, animal uh, uh, theft has reduced in some communities because the animals here too had to go far into the valleys to graze. If you look at the savanna landscape, if you are familiar from Bulga to Paga area, at some point in time, you will not find a single green grass within the, the period. So we saw the animals going several kilometers to graze at the riverside where people can easily push them. They now have fodder all year round within the period, and they will do So most of the interventions are revealing. Even the issue of uh, our uh, assisted regeneration efforts like the tree planting, we have been able to train farmers, and currently they are raising shea seedlings. Shea was considered or has been considered a wild, uh, what is it, a, a plant, yeah. and people think that it was not possible to raise seedlings. And, but through the project, some communities that didn't know about this are now raising share, and even rosewood, because rosewood has become, I mean, a very uh, big uh, timber species that people are interested in. For the past year, we've been able to raise about 12,000 uh, seedlings of rosewood, and as I speak, most communities are planting them, and they are hoping to raise more impressive. Uh, so let's look forward to the coming days. Of course, you have a very tight um, timeline to work with. But I mean, what, what what's your expectation from? I mean, those you're working with, those on board, and even the communities as you uh, work towards achieving your target by by the end of next year. Great. So, um, like you rightly said, we are working on a very tight schedule now. So, um, what we are actually, in fact, we have we have already gotten this. This is the support, the buy-in. Um, the collaboration and the coordination with all the stakeholders on board. And this is from Cocoa Board to Forestry Commission. Yeah. We have the Red Plus. We have um, the Tree Crop Development Authority as well. We have Forig. We have quite a number of um, organizations and institutions, including some local CBOs and women's groups as well. So what we are looking forward to is more collaboration to achieve the targets that we 
we have set out for ourselves 36,000 smallholder farmers is quite a lot. So that is about 12,000 beneficiaries yeah. per landscape. And we are still looking forward to achieving that. Um, we are also looking at in improving uh, alternate livelihood options. I think currently we have over 200 beneficiaries trained with about 40% of that number being women who are trained in alternate livelihood options such as beekeeping, we have the vegetable farming, we have snow rearing. Um, in some cases, we've even put up aquaculture um, facilities for some of the smallholder farmers in this to improve their livelihoods as well. So in all of this, we are looking at expanding our reach and improving on the, on the trainings and, and support that we are giving our smallholders. Okay. Um, let me take your final words. Um, Joseph, is there any message you want to share with our viewers? Um, probably you need more funding and money, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. So to uh, our viewers, especially our key stakeholders on the project at the landscape level, uh, Ghana National Fire Service, the Department of Agric, uh, the forestry, uh, I mean, FSD, Forestry Service Division, uh, and also wildlife that we work closely with. We are very grateful. And to our community members, uh, we continue to I mean, urge them to show real ownership of the project because certainly lead will come to an end, but we want to see that they are still able to uh, carry on whatever capacities that I mean, they have built in, in the future. Also see how they can scale that up to other communities that we are not into. So this is my few uh, comments that I have for the viewers. Yeah, the future looks exciting, right? Sure, Governor? sure. It, it's very <laughs> exciting, and especially when the project is uh, measuring sustainability and scalability through Landscale. Landscale is actually um, a novel tool that has just been developed by Rainforest Alliance, which is looking at all the efforts, all the interventions, all the supports that are going into the landscapes that we are working in. And the, and the expectation is that once all of these are measured, then we have enough grounds, then we have enough support, and like you said, we need funding, right? So then we have enough evidence to yeah. approach donors and stakeholders for more funding. But you've done quite well as a group, so we need to commend you and also hope that uh, more people will come on board. You're open to any organization joining, I guess, or just climate-focused organizations? Okay, so yeah, we are actually open to When you look at the yeah. project concept, it's actually quite broad. We have quite a diverse stakeholder base. We are looking to further collaboration. In fact, we even work with and have had some liaisons with um, Ghana Education Service oh, and some yes. secondary schools. Yeah. And we have the EPA on our side as well. And we even have the CREMES in other communities where they exist. So we are open to further collaboration and discussions. And this is why you need to be talking to Abana and Joseph to uh, improve the Lean Project. Uh, but we're grateful, uh, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us. Uh, here on the polls. Now, the Volta Revival Foundation, an NGO that uh, actually human rights and uh, combating child trafficking, uh, has actually identified Ada as the primary uh, center for child trafficking in Ghana. This was made known uh, during a day's workshop organized for stakeholders in the Ada East municipality. The workshop uh, aimed to raise awareness about the escalating child trafficking situation. Uh, in the area. Journey Elvis Washington provides us with details. Child traffickers have developed new methods for trafficking children, prompting the need to educate stakeholders about these trends for better vigilance, as explained by the Volta Revival Foundation. The traffickers now promises their targets opportunities such as apprenticeship, 
education, exposure to urban life, and more. Julius Odoi Amesimoku, the country manager of the Volta Revival Foundation, an NGO focused on curbing child trafficking, outlined strategies to counter this issue, noting that Ada has become a hotspot for child trafficking in recent times. Well, we've realized, we've been working with uh, the communities of Adan for some time, and it's out of the fact that Adan has been described as a hotbed for child trafficking and child labor. So we decided to um, put together this particular meeting um, with support from IGM so that we can bring the various stakeholders in child protection together. So we brought um, the chiefs, we brought the DCE, the MP, and then the assembly members together. We wanted to deliberate on some of the measures that we need to take to ensure that we protect children. And we said um, the child protection network uh, or net in Ghana is very weak and that of Adan is very, very weak. So we wanted to bring this group of people or stakeholders together to talk and also plan for the way forward so that we all know the rules that we need to play in protecting children. We believe that um, the children are our future leaders and we need not allow children to just grow in any um, environment, but they need to be protected and guided even as they grow to become our future leaders. However, Konfodoyo Gansa, the Member of Parliament for the Adan East constituency, who was present at the stakeholder engagement, offered a different perspective. Uh, for the child labor issue, the negative aspect, I don't support it. Because some of them, they send them and they work like horse. Just because parents have been given money, so you have to go and work like a horse. And their future is at stake. So those ones, I don't support them. But those who have genuine case that I'm going to fishing and I'm learning how to fish. Future, I want to be a fisherman. Let's allow it. And we should be careful with the way we ourselves label our culture. We should be careful because we have we are training our children now to leave our culture behind and embrace the Eastern culture. And it's not happiness. That's what has brought this whole lot of unemployment. Attendees present at the stakeholder engagement praised the efforts of NGOs in the endeavors to combat the challenge. At first, it's, it's, it's on the ascendancy now. Uh, it's coming down because of the educations that uh, we are having from organizations like uh, IGM, SOS, and other uh, challenging heights and other uh, uh, NGOs. So it's coming down. I think our problem has to do with education, and that is what we are having now. A lot of parents around the coastal areas uh, who don't know the importance of uh, education because they have not been to school themselves. So uh, my advice to uh, those parents is like uh, they should encourage. Though they have been, they have not get access to education, but they should encourage their children in all means or by all means for them to get their education because it's very important. Like in our lives that we need to force our children to get the education that they want.
the one-day stakeholder meeting brought together community leaders, assembly members, community residents, opinion leaders, and the member of parliament for the Adnan constituency. For Joy News, my name is Elvis Washington. And counseling unit of the Ghana Education Service is asking government to pay uh, extra attention to children with disability and provide uh, extra support for them. Head of uh, unit Gifty Sechi Bransu, who made the call, explained that it is the only way to ensure such children are able to uh, climb the education ladder without any hindrance. She was speaking uh, at uh, one of the children's show here in Accra. Around 5 million people in Ghana live with some form of disability. Children aged between 6 and 14 account for about 100,000 of this number, with more than 16,000 of them out of school. Many are shunned for their disability, marginalized and forgotten. It is also against this backdrop that government is being urged to help bring all of them on board the education ladder. The call was made by the head of guidance and counselor unit of the Ghana Education Service. Gifty Sechi Bremanson. She was speaking at Advanced Children's Show in Accra under the theme Disability is Not Inability. The show also forms part of the commemoration of the 20th International Book Fair. At wherever that we find ourselves, please, whoever comes to you as an educationist, make sure that you are providing the needed resource and in the classroom, in terms of pedagogy. The teaching methodology, make sure that it's a disabled friendly and let's also make sure that whatever that we are doing, we consider them so that they can equally harness their potentials. Inclusion should be part of our agenda and our focus in whatever that we do. We should consider people with special needs in whatever that we do. And then to our policy makers, advocating that policy guidelines should favor the special needs and the disabled in our society. We should create avenues. We should create opportunities. We should let them harness their potential so that they would also benefit equally from their abled brothers and sisters in wherever that they find themselves. At this juncture, I humbly appeal to all and sundry that let our facilities be disability friendly. The SDG Goal 4 seeks to bring all categories of learners under one umbrella for a safe and conducive academic environment. It is against this backdrop that government is being urged to pay special attention to children with disabilities and support them. The Chief Executive Officer of Adrinsa Publications, Kweku Opong Amponsa, said stigmatization goes a long way to affect such children in their pursuit of education. We are promoting And our commercial drivers who apply the Poon barrier to 
Michelle Camp and also the Sechibediaco Roads in the Ipungkatamanso municipality of the Greater Accra region are on a sit-down strike to protest the deplorable nature of the roads in the enclave. According to them, until they see a contractor on the road, they are not returning to work. Some of them uh, have been sharing their thoughts with John News this morning. I am a driver and we feel this place all the time. Our roads here are very bad. They are very, very bad. And we fall on the authority for a series of times. Series of times. All they say is the road has been awarded to a contractor. We can't remember about a year or a, a year or two. Uh, they came here to cut a sword that this road will be constructed very soon. And uh, we don't know when soon. It's, 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 that road going to be constructed because it's quite over two years now and we still keep on suffering recently, this what triggers this sit-out strike is recently we saw a video going viral that our MP asked questions about our road and then the road minister told him that the, uh, the government has no plan for Konkatamansu roads and other road, uh, the roads that they, he mentioned of. so meanwhile, then we got to know that the assembly, they are deceiving us meanwhile, every each and every day, they come there to collect tolls. The drivers are being paid tolls every day, tickets, two, two cities, and they have something called routine levy fee, of which every month they come to collect from the various stations. 400 cities. All those men, where does it go to? It go to. We pay the same roadworthy that the people using the asphalted road, that is the same roadworthy that we also pay. The same insurance they cut, that is the same road insurance that we also pay for. What is our crime? Pregnant women are suffering on the road. When it's rainfall, you cannot use this road. A road, is, well, a road of about just five minutes or ten minutes drive. You can spend about 30 minutes to 40 minutes on the road. What is our crime? Well, uh, some commuters have also uh, been expressing concerns over the safe, uh, safety and the state of the roads uh, in the area. I just came to the roadside about an hour ago, trying to get um, a cab to work. But it looks as though the road has been blocked due to um, what you, you, you can see. This what you can see here. The road is in a very, very, very bad shape. As such, the drivers here are on demonstration and do not want any other driver to use the road. That's why we are all stranded here looking for vehicles to travel to our workplaces. It's very, it's very disappointing because I'm working with local roofing system. I'm saying that though, I have to take car from Barrier to Michelle Campgate. And this morning, this is what I've, I've met. And in fact, it's, it's very bad. When you go to from Barrier, what happened? There was no taxi over there. All the passengers are. I can't even describe it. We are all wondering what is happening. So we have to just start working. So as you have seen me here, I've walked from uh, barrier to this very place. The assembly member for the area, uh, Newton Tate, has also been sharing his thoughts. This is the road that connects the N1 and the N2. Uh, it's about 3.8 kilometers stretch of road uh, from the Kumbaria down to the uh, uh, Adum Herbal Clinic. And for some time now, authorities have told us that yes, indeed, the road has been awarded on the contract. But it appears that the video that uh, emerged on social media some few weeks ago, it appears government has no plan for, for this road. So it means that leadership have been deceiving the residents all this while. 
and this is what has angered the resident to stand up now. As I tell you now, we are planning. The next one will be mega than this one. So it appears that it means that we have to take the, our destiny into our own hands and ensure that we do our own things. Look, uh, last time I fired a question at assembly, uh, calling on the, on the MP to come and tell us his plans for the uh, rules as a, a representative of the committee in uh, uh, the parliament and he couldn't come but then from then i saw that he asked a, a, a question at parliament uh, telling or requesting the road minister to tell us what are their plans and that's where we got to know that indeed government has no plan on this our stretch of road so the situation has angered uh, the resident as i speak to you now many or hundreds of them today walked on their foot to their various uh, i mean workplaces and it appears that uh, if we are not careful uh, this will continue for a very long time because we are really really angered with the decision or the uh, comment made by the road minister and that's why today the, the drivers are on citizen strike to ensure that they also register their displeasure with the stretch of the road well so what's being done to address the problem the mp for the area joseph Aquete, says that uh, he's supporting the action of the drivers. I decided to pose a question to the Minister of Roads and Highways concerning this particular road. Because that is where I thought we can get uh, concrete information. And so somewhere last Wednesday, the Minister came to Parliament and answered questions on this road. And we were not happy. Or I partic- I'm, I'm particularly not happy with the answers that he gave. Uh, according to the minister, they don't have any program for this road as a ministry. So I quickly called the assembly to inform them what has just happened or what I read in the morning. And the assembly sent me the document indicating that this road has been awarded. And I had the opportunity to ask a follow-up question to the minister. That this is my checks at the assembly. This is what the assembly is also saying, that they have uh, contracts on this particular route. So if he's also saying that there's nothing on their records, then how are we going to reconcile the two positions? But the minister, the only thing he could say was that, as for him, all he knows is that they don't have this particular route on their database to indicate that it has been awarded. To add to this, it's also saying that uh, they can only consider this route in the 2024 budget. And as you can see, this road needs urgent attention. So the minister cannot push us to 2024 budget. So what is your word to the minister? My word to the minister is that they should come and do something on this road. We know that the road has been awarded according to the documents that we have. And so they should release the needed funds to the contractor so that the contractor can move the sites. And a pediatrician, Dr. Victor, uh, is uh, at the at the Kolibu Teaching Hospital, is asking residents in the Kidibu district to develop a good uh, lifestyle in order to avoid uh, some preventable um, complications. Uh, Dr. Achiri uh, made the remarks when he led a three-partner um, foundation um, to carry out some outreach within the community. There's more in this report for you. 
A3 Partners is an international evangelism and church planting missions organization that mobilizes teams for short-term campaigns to help national churches plant new churches in their communities. The group did not just visit KGB district in the OT region for evangelism, but also provide potable water for six communities that needed such support for years. Insuta Jamrome Ahamansu Dodi Papasi, Poasis Cement, and Odumasi benefited from a mechanized borehole each. Some residents have been sharing their appreciation about these projects. We, the chiefs, are grateful to A3 Partners for this water project. We are ready to make land available for their church activities. The residents of Ahamansu are very grateful for this water project. We are asking for more development projects in this area. The team also provided medical services from the teeth to the eyes and other ailments affecting the well-being of residents in these communities within the district. Here are some beneficiaries of the medical services. Eye problems and all other things which they normally struggle to go to hospital, they don't have money even to go. So this one coming, they are doing it free. Those who are not even having money, people are even testifying here. There are all these, uh, the class they are giving to them, the medicine, if it were hospital, they wouldn't be able to pay. I went for eye clinic and I was taking care of them, giving glasses. I'm grateful to this uh, program organizers. Dr. Francis Osai is the coordinator for the Rural Evangelism and Church Planting. He tells Joy News why they are on this mission. The main purpose for this program is that the word of God should go into the rural areas. We find that most of the Christian activities are concentrated in the urban centers. And over there, the churches are large, and many people go to church on Sundays. But many others are in the rural areas, and they do not have the kind of resource, and nor do they have the facilities to really grow in their knowledge of the Lord. We, in partnership with seven churches that are in the KJB uh, township, we have uh, identified seven other rural communities who need to be reached and who need to be also helped in the things that they need for their livelihood. This program combines humanitarian activities with the preaching of the Word of God. Dr. Victor Echery is a pediatric surgeon at the Kolebu Teaching Hospital and the leader for the Christian Medical Outreach Team. He's advising residents to cultivate a healthy health-seeking habit to avoid preventable complications. Yes, we do recommend. And there are hypertensives, there are diabetics, and visiting a hospital just once is not enough. In fact, sometimes you don't even want to attend to them by way of giving them medications, but rather advising that they go to the facility they have been, they have been to previously so that the doctors or the healthcare workers there can continue to monitor them and make sure that they are in good health. Some also resort to uh, alternative practices. But if you resort to alternative practice and your condition is not going away, then you need to also 
resort to the right um, care that will let your condition um, go away. So we're doing quite a bit of counseling and I believe that sometimes it's more paramount than giving out uh, medications because going to the right source of care is paramount to having good health. Peter Sun for Joy News. And back here in the Greater Caribbean, Minister for Foreign Affairs and Regional Integration, Shalia Yakobuche, has uh, sacked all overstaying officers from the agencies, including the Ghana uh, Police Service, uh, the Ghana Army, amongst others, uh, stationed at the Accra Passport uh, Office. Now, according to her, uh, their long stay uh, breeds familiarity and exposes them to compromises. She has also uh, accused some of the of officials uh, enga in engaging in some shady deals uh, with the middlemen. Madam Shalia Yakoboche has uh, revealed that investigations are underway to deal with uh, culprits. Meanwhile, she has expressed shock by a recent United Nations uh, Office on Drug and Crime report that puts the passport office on number six in the list of uh, corrupt institutions. First of all, let me say that um, this is not the first time I've come to the passport office. I've done an unannounced tour of the two passport application centers. But for me, this particular visit has become necessary because of some reports that I have. Reports that officers and there are nine or so agencies represented in any passport application center that these people represented from the various agencies. And I will not say that my own officers are not part of it. But these people are involved in illegal activities. And when I say illegal activities, we all know just two days ago, the report um, in, in, in the daily guide that the, 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 the issue of Goro people involved in our passport acquisition process has become rife. It is wrong. How can 100 Ghana for standard service to acquire a passport and 150 for expedited service bump, be bumped up to 2,000 and 3,000? Yeah, yeah, they don't even charge 2,000 now. They are charging 3,000. And it's wrong. But I can say and we all would agree that a Goro person is outside the passport office. They need somebody inside to work with. They cannot do it on their own. People are paying 3000 2000 to acquire passports. Why should this be so? And sometimes they don't even, they don't even, even, even carry out the, the, the so-called service that they promised them for charging them so much. The stories are horrific stories. People's experiences are not the best. Honorable Minister, you think the, some of the agency officials are lazy with this Goro boys? I'm not saying some of the agency. I'm saying that some people in here are involved in it. Because, like I said, the Goro person who is outside, if he takes somebody's money, how can he deliver a passport if he's not working with somebody inside? Have you launched any investigations to fish out we these are, officers? We are, we are, we are investigating. We are, we, we are investigating. Sorry, I said investigating. We are investigating and we have, we, we, we have some leads which we are, we, are, we are dealing with. And very soon, um, 
we'll, we'll be able to, 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 to have some firm uh, uh, um, information that we, we will deal with. It's so wrong. But why the urgent directive to the agencies, those who have overstayed here, Listen, this to go is back? not something that is new. We've always said that no agency should keep their staff here for more than a year. And yet, this is overlooked sometimes. And so I intend to ensure that this is carried out to the letter. There are some people outside, not outside Ghana, but a cartel who are working with people. I mean, you've gone through the process of, of, of online system, putting in place systems to ensure that people do not go through a, a very laborious process. And yet, you, people have, have problems acquiring passports. Yes, I know that we have some issues. Once in a while, there are issues of shortage of, of booklets. And this has come about a few times since COVID. Apart from that also, we have an issue with the printers, which the World Bank, thankfully, um, is going through the process, well, the end process of it, of giving us new printers that can print um, high numbers, even per hour. So that, I, I was hoping that by now, because I was in Parliament and I informed them that the, we are at the end process of it. So I was hoping that by now we would have those printers um, installed so that this whole thing will, will, will come, will be, you know, there'll be an end to it. Unfortunately, this hasn't happened. But this human intervention of what I'm told is called, what, rebooking is human. It's, an, it's a human intervention, an, an illegal human intervention. Because if you are given an appointment for, say, to come in October, November, and you want it earlier, then there should be some intervention. That's where they use to make money. And let me use your, 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 your media to, to appeal to Ghanaians that, please, if you do not have immediate need for a passport, please take your time, let the time come when you've been given the appointment and come and process Unless there's an emergency. If there's an emergency, I don't have a problem. If there's an emergency, find a way to get to the passport directors and let them know that there's an emergency because we, have, we make provision for emergency passports. And directors, please make yourself available to the public. That's why you are here. Uh, Honourable, uh, interestingly, your action came at the time that the United Nations Office on Drugs and Crime puts the parties, uh, I mean, the passport office on number six of the list of um, public um, I mean, offices that are corrupt in the country. Are you devastated by this? Very devastated because um, this is not the way it should be. If indeed what you are quoting is, is the case, yeah, here is the case. Yeah. Then because people, the hue and cry from Ghanaians, you know, the hue and cry, their, their, their experiences are not the best. And we'll get you some updates uh, on that uh, engagement between the minister at the public um, 
uh, passport office here in Accra. Uh, we'll get you some updates later on. But for now, businesswoman Ida Joa Asiedu has officially entered the race uh, for the Ayenswano constituency seat in the upcoming New Patriotic Party uh, parliamentary primaries. Ida's nomination comes uh, with a clear mission, uh, which is to unseat Teddy uh, Safari Adi and uh, also to champion some policies of the Akufado-led administration. Uh, with a keen eye on community needs, uh, she has launched the Impacting Communities and Improving Lights, uh, Lives program and addressing grassroots um, or addressing grassroots unity, education, uh, road network uh, development and youth empowerment. Uh, so that's it on the political front. But uh, just last weekend, of course, if you missed out, then you missed out big time. Guess what? Ed and Naite uh, is with us. Uh, and, of course, we need to tell you about something that happened over the weekend, which has got to do with the misters and the missus. And, uh, you, know, and you know, becoming Mr. and missus. And, of course, many of us were excited about the program uh, last weekend. But I'm sure that a lot more also turned up just to just to be a part of the program. So, Adam, let's break it down for those who are, in fact, hearing about the program for the very first time. What's this program about? If you're hearing about it for the first <laughs> time, I'm sorry you missed, but you can still catch the link yeah. on Facebook at Joy997, on Joy News, and also on Joy Prime. You can catch the link and yeah. watch it. Mm-hmm. But then it was about singles. It was a singles breakfast meeting, uh, so part of the... Joy FM Family Forum, and we dubbed... The way you're showing these beautiful ladies, I don't know if you want me to choose one. (laughs) (laughs) If you're not married yet, why not? You can can begin to look through. Oh, nice. And we dubbed it... Lexus, I guess. Yes, Lexus was there too, becoming Mr. and Mrs., And but let's just solve the market. I mean, this should be for us. <laughs> you should have been there. All right. The whole it, was, it was fun, I guess. It was fun. You know, the whole intention was, okay. you know, to teach people everything they needed to know before right. marriage. Of course, we couldn't have shared all of that in a day. Yeah. But we were able to share, you know, good enough information. So becoming Mr. And, and Mrs. And Mrs. Yes. Um, what all you inspired need to you know. to do this, actually? Well, so for the past five weeks or so on Home Affairs, we had dedicated the time to discuss, you know, some of these issues that bedevil people who are planning to get married. And so we thought, why don't we crown it with a forum? And it was a beautiful one. The patrons wanted more. After that, they were asking, when is the next one? Like, okay, hold on. We need to conclude on this one very beautifully, do our post-mortem, and then see what we will do next. But Lexus gave me a very interesting idea. And the next one we should do should be, now that you're married, then what? (laughs) (laughs) But 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 first, we need to do a reloaded of this. Of this one, right. And And I'm hoping that it will be anytime soon. I wouldn't be able to promise you that. But because, you know... Um, our patrons are asking. Mm-hmm. We will see what we will do. Yeah. Okay. Here's what what we need to address. We know that it's not a matchmaking event. No. No. At all. But 
You know, never say never, right? I'm sure you saw some of these stories. Well, that wasn't our intention. (laughs) You know, we weren't matchmaking anybody. But I am sure people may have met people there and started conversations. So that is solely up to them. But that wasn't our intention at all. up to you and God. God is watching. (laughs) (laughs) But I'd like to say a very big thank you to everybody who supported us. Our speakers, Uncle Ebo was there. Omarita was there. And then the speakers who made up the panel. And then those who supported us by way of sponsorship, Nish. Um, expressions we had shape healthcare there was marino all and salon and go back into right. they were all there and this was hosted us. at the best western class oh. hotel the one in nungwa it's a very beautiful and peaceful place and they treated us very well maybe when you become mr and mrs then, then you can go, go there, there. <laughs> exactly exactly and if you if you tell them yeah. that you attended this event i am sure they'll give they'll you a very good discount yes okay um how can people reach out some more if they want to partner? Because I'm sure that definitely there'll be there'll be more of this. Zero five nine two eight eight nine nine eight six. Zero five nine two eight eight nine nine eight six. You can reach out and yeah. we can have conversations on what we will be doing next. But for Home Affairs, it's still on. Home Affairs is on every Saturday morning, six fifteen through to seven thirty. Yeah. We're live on your radio. We're live on social media. That's Facebook, YouTube, at Joy997, and then also on Twitter Spaces. So Home Affairs is on every Saturday yeah. morning. So you need to join Adam and the team, and definitely, uh, who knows, you may become <laughs> <laughs> Mr. or Mrs. We're all excited about that program. So, yeah, just tuning this weekend. But that's all we have for you in this package of the Pulse. I'm blessed. So now log on to myjoyonline.com. We'll see you again. Bye-bye for now.